0: Well, hello, I'm Doug Apple, back with another special interview for you today. Did you know that marriage is good for you? I know marriage seems to have come on hard times lately in our country. Fewer people seem to be getting married or getting married later, but that has health consequences. We're going to talk with Mike Sharman about that. He's with Share Healthcare. You've heard their ads here on Wave 94. They bought a little airtime, but we're going to talk about the connection of marriage and and health. And I know if you watch too many sitcoms on TV, you might have this idea that marriage is bad for your health and bad for your (laughs) emotional well-being. And if you had any friend who had a a rough marriage, you might think, oh, marriage, you know, that can't be good for you. Well, we don't want to just go by these knee-jerk reactions. We want to look at the science, right? Follow the science. And Mike Sharman's going to help us do that. Let's talk about the way that marriage has positive impacts on our health. So, Mike Sharman, tell us about it.
1: Well, I appreciate that. We don't have to go very far in our uh, scriptural basis to understand that, uh, why marriage is good. Genesis 2.18 is the famous verse where God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. So, it's not good not good to be alone mm-hmm. and that help me Phrase our word has been misused a whole lot of being subordinate or um, less than but if you look that word up in the original in the in the hebrew it's really important to notice that's the only time that word in the hebrew is used for a human every other place it's used uh is used for for god the holy spirit particularly mm. it also can be translated comforter completer so it's not good for a man to be alone. He needs a comforter, completer. Uh, he needs marriage, and the the wife needs marriage. Well, okay, that's nice spiritual phrase. How about you know practically? How do we how do we know that to be the case in practical terms? You know, a couple hundred years ago, a uh, a, a secular writer, uh, Benjamin Franklin, told his, his countrymen: early to bed, early to rise. Makes the man healthy, wealthy, and wise. But we need a little bit more instruction now. You know, so whether you read uh, liberal studies or conservative studies, the outcome is if you want to stay out of poverty and if you want to be healthy, then don't have kids before you're married, don't get married before you're 20 years old, and don't break up with your marriage partner. So income is a great determinant of health. It just kind of makes sense. If you have more money, you're able to, to um, buy the food you need, have the proper housing, you have less stress, things of that nature. So 92%, get that now, 92% of married families with children are not poor, while 51.6% of never married households are poor. So 51%, 51.6% of never married households are poor. of married families with children are not poor. That is a huge gap. Mm. So in terms of health for children, again, income's a big determinant of your health. Children born to parents who do not marry spend more than half their lives, not just half their childhood, but half their lives in poverty. But children in married families live outside of poverty for 93.7% of their life. Mm. That's a huge impact. Unmarried women plus children equals poverty. That's a pretty simple equation. A child raised by a never-married mother is 900% more likely to live in poverty than a child raised by two parents in an intact marriage. Those are uh, impacts that we just can't ignore, uh, and yet we tend to. So you were mentioning about health. So two um, sociology professors from the University of Chicago Co wrote a study that has, as you know, these studies tend to have a pretty big long name, the benefits from marriage and religion in the United States, the comparative analysis. So they they looked at all these things and determined married people are less likely than unmarried people to suffer from long term illness or disability, and they have better survival rate for some illnesses. So you, you mentioned that I'm with Share Healthcare. Well, we want to help. Um, people share, Christians share their medically necessary medical expenses and we want to help them do it in an affordable way. Well we are Christian and Christians are, are the people who join us. So that's a, a big explanation of why we're so much less expensive than secular uh, healthcare means of taking a pain for your health care. You know we're 149 for a single per month, 249 for a couple. 349 for a family of four, and yet the average for health insurance for a family of four is $2,100 to $2,200 per month. That's a huge difference. Well, why is that? Well, Christians tend to marry more, Christians tend to stay together more, and as we just mentioned, married people are less likely than unmarried people to suffer from long-term illness or disability. And it's the long-term illnesses that cost so much, You know, you have an episodic one, you go to the doctor a little bit, you might go to the hospital, stay overnight. That's pretty affordable. You're in the hospital forever, you're long-term, year after year after year. And it doesn't mean that Christians aren't going to have those same problems too. We just have them much less. So studies have also found um, that getting married and staying married to the same person is associated with better mental health outcomes. Well, if you have better mental health, you wound up having better physical health. Then getting back to that income thing, because having a better income is a good predictor of better health. Married men with, uh, have higher wages than their single counterparts, so much so that the uh, people who study income call this the marriage premium. And it is, it's much better. It's much different. So um, leave it up to a comedy team. The Husband and Wife comedy team of Stiller and Amira, uh, and Mira of that... Uh, husband-wife team, she was asked about it by a New York Times reporter about their 30-year marriage, I think a 30-year-plus marriage, because that's pretty hard to stay married that long in show business. And the reporter asked, was it love at first sight? And she said, well, it wasn't then, but it sure is now. <laughs> well, that not that comforting just to hear that? And that's the type of thing that um, is, is why... We're healthier, why we're, we're doing better uh, if we're married. There's a, a book out recently called Get Married, Why Americans Must Defy the Elite or Forge Strong Families and Save Civilization. It just came out, not in coincidentally, uh, at the Valentine's time of February 13th, which is uh, marriage week, by the way, is um, February 7th to February 14th. And the author is a, a guy from the University of Virginia, sociologist W. Bradford Wilcock. He's the National Marriage Project Director there at UVA. And he said uh, that marriage has more money, more meaning, and less ho- loneliness, and that translates into more happiness for more people. Well, it's not just that he's theorizing this. He's looking at all the, the various data. So the census, um, the most recent census we have, which is 2020, showed that married mothers in the child-rearing ages of 18 to 55 had a median annual family income of 108,000. Pretty good. Was extraordinarily good when you compare it to that 41,000 of single women without children. so you'd think single women would be that much better off. No, nope, nope, nope. Hmm single women 18 to 55 had an average income of 41,000. uh single women without children. but married moms have an annual median annual income of 108. and then how about accumulating wealth? So women who are mothers and are in their 50s by the time they're 50 had accumulated 322,000 in median assets that's you know the median amount. And that compared to 100,000 for childless single women. So that would take into account your house, your car, your bank accounts, all that sort of stuff. There's no shortage of benefit to marriage. Uh, and, and for our children also. That uh, that book, you know, Get Married, said, pointed out that children of divorced parents are almost twice as likely to be suspended or expelled from school, 75% more likely to use drugs, and half as likely to finish college. Now, as an encouragement to the divorced people out there, these are statistics. It does not have to be true for you. Mm -hmm. But just like if you're driving a car with pretty bald tires, you're statistically more likely to have a blowout or have a harder time of braking distance, etc. So you will overcompensate. You won't have jackrabbit start. You won't have uh, screaming on the brake um, halt. You won't go around the curves. You're going to overcompensate for the fact that you have, you know, your tires aren't as good as the guy driving next to you. So that's the case for, uh, divorced parents or single parents. These statistics do not have to be true for you, but you're going to have to overcompensate. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to work harder at each one of these things to make sure your, your child is able to deal with anger or frustration or whatever it is causing it to be suspended or expelled. And, um, Give them the true substance of life, so that they don't have to be looking for, you know, illegal substances. Um, and for the the parents, uh, the adult suicide rate 33 percent lower uh, for for married people than it is for single. 48 percent lower for married people with children than for single adults living alone, and that that's huge. And m- So, it just makes sense. Married men are much less likely than other men to commit suicide. Women who are mothers are less likely to commit suicide than singles. We want a happy life. And 60% of married mothers of that 18 to 55-year group describe their lives as meaningful most or all of the time, compared with only 36% of the childless single women. Hmm. Remember, it was in Genesis. God said, it is not good. For man to be alone Mm -hmm. and that the the woman was to be the comforter, the completer, the help for that man. And together they formed the first institution that God ever made.
0: Well, it's a pretty powerful and simple statement. It's not good for man to be alone. And we see these statistics and those are wonderful. It should give us all a better, clearer vision of what life can hold for us as we do things in according to God's plan but now, Mike, uh, why should I go ahead and consider becoming a member of Share Healthcare?
1: Well, because this, the people who are in Share Healthcare tend to be those who take the Bible seriously. And so they have these benefits more than the surrounding culture. That's why they have lower expenses. If you are a person who takes the Bible seriously and you take these things seriously, then you will want to join with them. We're going to be able to make an impact on our culture, which we all want to do. We're all so terribly frustrated at the way things are going that we want to make an impact in our culture. And we can, by showing our neighbor how our marriage worked, by showing our children how our marriage worked, joining together with others who have the the same goals, the same ideals, the same biblical worldview, and in doing so, wind up having health care expenses that are vastly less than the surrounding culture. And when we do so, then the watching world will look on, ask questions, and believe. I think it's always important to remember Jesus' last prayer before going to Gethsemane, which is in John uh, 17, the book of John, chapter 17. And it, it's about unity. He, he thanks God the Father that he and the, the Father are united He thanks God the Father that the apostles and he are united in God. And then he prays for us, us the future believers, in the future from the time that he is making that prayer. And he prays that we would be united so that the world will believe. So in our own individual lives, we help do that. But collectively is what Jesus was talking about, that united uh, part of the body of Christ that united bride that shows the watching world this is what can happen when you just believe god and follow what he says it's not good for man to be alone but it is good for him to be married and living marriage in the way that god has asked him to do that
0: so what you're saying is that compared to what we might call traditional health insurance especially these days with the rules where they are covering everybody for everything, which raises the prices in the Christian nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry of share healthcare, because you have a group of people united together who are uh, more likely than not, you know, living according to the scriptures, living in a biblical way. And then that brings about more health and prosperity, which means that you have fewer expenses, to cover and share together. Did I get that right?
1: I think you got it exactly right. Um, marriage is good, has good health and wealth um, outcomes. So that's a good reason you want to join with other people who believe that same thing. The opposite is true as well. That if we, uh, if, if people are in a um, cohabitating relationship as opposed to a marriage one, they are more violent. They have more uh, health a- outcomes. There's a whole slew of statistics just on that subset of information. If people are in a homosexual relationship, that's, again, a, a very... Um, there's much more domestic violence in homosexual relationships than mer- uh, heterosexual ones, and that costs money. Yeah. And uh, secular health care has to pay for it. In fact, the most violent... Uh, couple that there can be is a lesbian couple that has the highest domestic violence rates of any form of uh, a domestic relation wow you also have the mortality Uh, homosexuals are they die much earlier than non-homosexuals and then you compare those to Homosexuals die at a much earlier rate than, than any other group of heterosexuals, but then if you just measure heterosexuals, Christians have a longer lifespan and less uh, health problems than non-Christians. I mean, what we see and read in the Bible, and you may be reading it in the lyrical King James, or you might be reading it in a very practical uh, English Standard Version, but what we read there, we can see in practical terms in people's hospital bills. Are you married? You're gonna have less hospital bills. Mm. Are you not married? You're gonna have more hospital bills. Are you married? You're gonna have less doctor bills. Are you not married? You're gonna have more doctor bills. God began, it. I mean, you don't have to turn too many pages in the Bible before you get to the second chapter of Genesis where he said it is not good for man to be alone. Remember, all of his creation, after each thing he had done, light, the moon, the stars, the oceans, the animals, the fish, the birds. After each thing that he created, he said, and it was good. But when it got to man being alone, it is not good. Mm. And so then he created Eve, who has been described as the ultimate creation of God for the completion of humankind. It's good for us to be married. It's better if we act out our marriages in the way that God asked us to in the Bible. And when we do, when we actually believe the Bible is true and we try to follow it, we're going to have much better outcomes for ourselves and those who we are in association with. Which, again, getting back to share health care, is why it winds up being so much less expensive. You know, comparing our 349 for a family of four per month to secular insurance being 2200 per month, That's a huge practical, objective difference.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, one point of clarity as we wrap up our time here, Mike, and that is that share health care is not just for married people. It's uh, equally valuable and important for single and uh, married without children as well, right?
1: It is. And we could do uh, another show sometime just on the, the benefits of comparing Single Christian people to single, single non Christian, hmm. uh, single couples with no children versus single non Christian couples or uh, couples who are not Christian. Each time you put on that, um, that additional qualification that the person is a Christian, living according, uh, trying to live according to the Bible, because we all stumble along the path, but trying to actually wanting sincerely speaking God. It makes a huge qualitative and quantitative uh, part in our life. One series of studies that have been done is how do widows cope with mm-hmm. being widows? Because, you know, women tend to live longer than men. So there's more widows than there are widowers. And what was found is, is one of the best predictors of whether a widow will grieve well and deal well after the death of her spouse, after the death of her husband, is, is she Christian or not. That's a huge difference.
0: God got it right when he gave us the instructions on how to live. And if Share Healthcare might fit into your plans on living a godly life with good financial and health stewardship, then you can find more information on their website, ShareHealthCare.com. Or, Mike, they can also call, right? They can. Call one
1: 844 share hc 1-844-SHARE HC and there'll be a real live human on the other end of that phone.
0: All right, that's Mike Sharman with Share Healthcare, and for Wave 94, I'm Doug Apple.